We're Journals Out Loud. I am your lovely and captivating host, Louise Palenker, here with a panel of wise and wonderful young people. Wise. Young people! That's Give it up for yourselves. That was excellent. So, usually, you know, Matt's in the studio with the song and everything, and Justin was just like, that's enough of that song. So, <laughs> here's the show. We've got Jilly, we've got... We've got Josh doing Stop his checking hair. yourself out. I, yeah. I had to take a hat off. Oh, my God. His bangs are Stop really... Stop I don't know if I've ever heard that so much aggression extra. in Josh's voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what he crazy. just it's said in the mic. Oh, no. When it's about was, his bangs, okay, yeah. It was I was being... <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Ryan, we've got Tara, and we have... Uh, what's your name? Sean. Yes. I'm and playing so, footsies with What's me. my name? Well, oh, you were behind, like, the tripod. my name? And Katie Michael is on Instagram Live... She's hosting Ooh. us Instagram Live. Like, we have a show within a show within a show. It's like Inception of Shows, right, Ryan? It was like Vlogception. Yeah, so we were at... We were at vid- oh, w- that's, we a, have, that's a reference. We have poets, and they're spoken word poets, and they're going to be speaking their spoken words in just a moment. But we went to VidCon, so we have some stuff to report. We just have some business to attend to. We were at VidCon, and like I was so excited because I was not the only person walking around with a camera on top of a gorilla pod. I was surrounded by these people. We had a pod party. I was among my people. I found my people. Yes, we had pod parties, and I was vlogging, vloggers, vlogging, vloggers. It was... Great. Whoa. Yeah. Right. And so you can see the result of some of this on uh, the YouTube, if you go to our YouTube channel, which hopefully you're on. If you're on Instagram, go to our YouTube channel. When you're done, because Katie Michael's going to be the best host you've ever seen on Instagram Live, it's going to be so fan tabulous. We're going to do, we're going to put hashtags on hashtags on hashtags and then hashtag gorilla pod, hashtag vlogging vloggers. Okay. Can you hashtag a hashtag with the actual hashtag? No. We should try it. You can't. Oh, wow. You can't. (laughs) Hashtag, 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 hashtag. It's very decorative. And so we went to VidCon. So my group, and there were several groups of VidCon because VidCon, explain it, Sean, because. VidCon is just a bunch of people that all love to make videos and make media and put it on the internet and they get together in one large convention and just Make more content, basically. Yeah, so it like, started so out as a YouTuber convention, pretty much, but as Vine, it's Vine became now. A thing. Musically's there, then, you live know, me's there. It became an internet media forum. Right, so it was all happening at Anaheim Convention Center, so my groups, we went down on Thursday with, with Jilly and Ryan, and we had mm-hmm. um, some fun, and there was, Ryan, what, what did we see that Jilly just kind of really challenged you to do, and being a man, you had to say yes. So, yeah, uh, we, uh, we saw the American Ninja Warrior wall. wall. Was that uh, on me? Did I make you? Oh, yeah. yeah. So we wa- well, oh, it, was, yeah. it was a little bit of me, and a little bit of you. No, you said I could, well, I here's do what happened. Here's I could what happened. do it all the time. I said, fine, I, do I, it I, said, I said, you know what? I, I think I could probably do that. Like, it doesn't look very hard, and Jilly was like, fine, I'm bet you will and i was like you know what i bet i will so i got in line i signed some random kids oh, waiver form that i was his father because you have to like have someone sign off but i didn't want to be liable yeah, I think, so i signed I think my name wrong that part and, like, I, she saw that I didn't realize that somebody was like parentalizing you i'm very sorry that no, must have no, been no. traumatic oh no he parentalized somebody no, no, else. No, 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 he was no. liable for somebody else yeah someone parentalized me they made me their parent but I you sound like john oh. smith so i, I just oh, yeah. i signed ryan taub just I put a U Dow. instead of another oh, B. Sneaky. And then I didn't sign my real signature. So like if it ever went to a court of lie, I'd be like, nah, fam. But you um, signed your own waiver that just said yeah, like, but now if, you just I, said if you I die, that. it's on me. Yeah. And then I actually made him sign as my, my father. But you so. also now just said on live air that you did do that. So. But I also. Oh, but, so if they go to court, now you, you got the video. <laughs> <laughs> right. Plausible deniability is that there's, le- you know, other people maybe with the name that he signed. Yeah. But he we, we have, we have footage of him not getting injured. So as long as I got past Justin, this is right. Well, first it's a bunch of people failing and i love them including my f- father yeah your dad yeah <laughs> and my son at the same time yeah the yeah. <laughs> anyway do we have that justin all right that was yeah jilly. see you hear jilly said in the background all right so we've gotten to the bottom of that there's there's my son in the beanie he is a handsome boy uh no was that you no that's that's him in the in the beanie i said the red he, had, beanie? he had youtuber hair because that youtubers are always playing with their bangs that's him that's him again. My son is a disappointment, an embarrassment but to my family. But you know what? He's in training. It's spring training, and we, you know, we're gonna. It's a, it's a year. Of, very impressed. Ryan, it's a year all. of rebuilding. So I just needed to get some advice. I needed to get a feel for it. I wasn't just gonna run into this yeah, like a brick like, wall. Talking you know? to the guy, I'm like, does he get like a tutorial? I'm like, that's not fair. I was just here like, he goes, here he goes, here he goes. And then I was just Ooh. like, I just embraced my inner ninja, ninja warrior. Yeah, American. And there you go. You got that. You got that grip on the top. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it was it was easier than I than I than I expected. Well, no, I was overly confident going into it, so it was 
harder than I expected because I thought it'd be a breeze and I actually had to like move I'm my sorry. legs. I'm sorry. I asked a bit. you after if you were nervous and you said yes. I was nervous because there were okay. people. Okay, I'm just clarifying. Everyone's all so like, here, here was this was even more nerve wracking. We went into the photo booth and like I was terrified because it's like, what do you wear? What, you know, like, <laughs> are boas too much? Oh yeah, no. I chose a flower crown. I got judged hardcore. So well, I like, it, up it was just like, oh, what are you going back to Coachella? Yeah, he was like, like, you can't do that. That's your normal day attire. And you have to choose something else. I was like, yeah, go back to Coachella. So I had like the you know the sunglasses. She's a bitch face. though. It's like you know, you can dress it up. Pillow at home. You can dress it up. You can dress it down. And there we are. So it's like. Did someone just ring my doorbell? Maybe it's more pizza. You've been wonderful. Well, Thank you. All right, so you can you can pod that down, Justin. You, you, that was fantastic. So that's a little taste. And if you go to our our uh, YouTube channel, you can see more of it. And Tara did some amazing video blogging. Tell, tell us about your VidCon experience. Um, okay, so my VidCon experience was with Sean and Sean's mom. Yeah, they your both. Mom. Came. <laughs> your second mom. <laughs> what? I said, you oh. leave my mom out of this. Oh, yeah, Ryan. Go away. Did Tara leave his mom out of this? Ryan, shh. So, anyways. So, yeah. So, we went to VidCon. We met um, the dapper rapper. He was really cool. He flirted with me with his beard. It was fun. Um, then we ran into some of your friends. We met... Uh, what was it? Jamie... J. James HQ? It's JJ Fish. No, All right, so no. where where can um, so Jojo come on in because we can't have sub convos in the hallway. It's very Jojo. distracting. Um, She's we already love you, Jojo. Sit attention. here for now, and then we'll Ooh. get you situated. And uh, so Tara, where I can got people a, find your blog? I got egged and got a free fidget spinner. Oh, it's it's all in the video too. Her video is fantastic. Do you not yeah, bring you the fr- fidget spinner so she can uh, see it. Oh, can. you stole it, dude! I I've been stole asking. it back again. We can and we got it. Came over and then I took it back. No, it's my fidget spinner now. I want one of my own. Well, I, I'm gonna. You can I'm go sorry. get one. I'm failing miserably. At the get her a journals spinner. out loud. Oh my god! If we can have spinner. journals out loud spinners like fidget spinners, that would like make my whole entire life. Tara, where complete. can people Talk find your, your your video vlog? Um, well, you can find it on my channel, but like it's gotta be done uploading, so it'll be a done uploading like tonight sometime. So yeah. just say, keep checking back periodically. Um, maybe. Let's yeah, do we'll, that. We'll, okay. We'll get it up there. We'll, we'll, let, let's talk after. We'll get it up there. All right. So now I'm really excited to introduce the young people from. From uh, oh, get lit, <laughs> get lit. I was gonna say like journals, kid lit or something, but that wouldn't have been the correct title. So it's get lit, and you can go to getlit.org. That's hard to say, that isn't it? No. Getlit.org. Getlit.org. So what you guys do? So can you please, Hannah, please step over to the microphone? And so this Hi. is Hannah. And where can people find you online and um, tell us a little bit about uh, where people can find more of your work? Well, I have my own YouTube channel. Really close channel. to the microphone. Oh, I have my own YouTube channel. Um, if you just type in Hannah Harris, there's no H at the end, so not Hannah Montana. Um, if you type in Hannah Harris, I've got my own channel that has a collection of some of my videos. I've also been published in a couple journals. So if you Google Hannah Harris Poetry, I'm in a journal called Melancholy Hyperbole. And I'm also in a journal called Blue Pepper Magazine. So you can find some of my work there. And I'm also on social media. Um, just get lit's always blasting out shows that we're doing. If you want to see me live. Fantastic. So how, how when did you get in lo- involved with, with uh, Get Lit and what do you love about it? I got involved with Get Lit about two years ago um, and it's become my home. You know, a lot of kids say is my second home is my first home. It's my home. Um, I love I love everybody. I love that it's a family. Um, and I think that it's inherent to poetry being so confessional that everyone is super close, super supportive. And no matter where you are in your journey as a writer and as a person, they're going to help you do what you want to do and who you and become who you want to be. That's wonderful. Well, well spoken word. Um, so, uh, so tell us a little bit about the, the poem that you're going to perform for us. Uh, The poem I'm going to perform for you is called 2016, 2016. Um, I wrote it at the very end of the year um, on New Year's Day, actually, um, because it was inspired by a conversation that I had with my family. um, And I said 2016 was like a hand puppet in the garbage disposal. um, And that that conversation inspired me um, because it was such a wild year. Everything increased. The death toll in the United States increased. Suicide rates increased. It seemed like celebrities were dropping dead left and right. Like, it just seemed like some kind of weird cosmic thing was going on, right? So I was like, I want to speak on this. And I personally experienced a lot of loss during the year. Um, And so I was just fired up about that conversation. And I just started listening more and more and more things. Um, And out of it came a poem, which it often, often, when I get fired up, out of it comes a poem. (laughs) All right. Please share it with us. All right. 
2016 was messed up. 2016 was like a hand puppet in the garbage disposal. 2016 slid into my ear all slimy-like and gave me a year-long wet willy from the inside out. 2016 clawed me into ribbons of supermarket ground beef and a general sense of aching. 2016 took my skin off, turned it inside out, and put it back on me like a weird painful wetsuit. 2016 slid an old meat hook under each of my collarbones and strung me up in its living room like Christmas lights, and then it just held me there like stagnant and begging. 2016 under the guise of some hungry god, all unhinged jaws, all take and slobber and ravage filled up to its watering eyes. Eyeballs and what's ours? 2016, warpath rising from trembling earth. 2016, biting off the tips of mountains like ice cream cones and sucking us all out, crimson cream running down its wrists like that god's blood rivers. 2016 was some cosmic crossover, some bellowing beast of compressed time. Some long-forgotten witch, scorned, adorned in tokens of pieces of our world lost. My dad's suicide note, dangling from her earlobes, necklace strung from the tears shed at my best friend's funeral. Brooch carved from my grandmother's tombstone, baby teeth clipped into her mossy hair. This swamp woman, just cackling and glowing, perched silent at the edge of all of our houses. Like hell hath no fury, like... Like recent rise and death toll surprises experts. Like New Year's Day rain expected to wash away the wreckage. Like, maybe I don't have anything left to wash away. Thank you. Wow. That was powerful. Come have a seat. That was wonderful. That was, we're going to have some questions for you after your friends have performed. Let's get Marcus up there. Hey, y'all, I'm a uh, lot shorter than Hannah. It's all good. So how did you get involved with, in, in Get Lit? So I had a little bit of an easier route. Mm-hmm. Uh, get Lit actually came to my high school. I went to El Rancho High School. Shout out El Rancho. Um, so they came to my high school when I was a junior, and they brought their curriculum, which was to choose a classic poem that they had in an anthology. And a classic poem is really a poem written by anybody ranging from Shakespeare to Shel Silverstein to Kendrick Lamar. We had some stuff by Tupac. Um... So you choose a classic, you memorize it, you learn everything you can about the author, and then you respond to it by writing your own poem. So that's how I got involved. And so that was my junior year, and I'm a sophomore in college now. So I've been involved for a while. (laughs) What did you respond to? Which poem, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, no, I responded to Memorial by Francisco Alarcón. Okay. Yeah, so... That's really great. What are you going to perform for us? So today I'm going to perform a poem called Chunky Boy. Uh, It's a poem that I wrote after also having a conversation. I had a conversation with my mom, and we were just talking about how when I grew up, you know, every time they called me Chunky, it was never like, oh, you're Chunky, you're so big, you got to lose weight. It was always like a term of endearment. (laughs) And so I also noticed that, like, a lot of people are writing poems about body image, but I don't hear a lot of guys writing poems about body image. And, you know, it's totally okay to be a chunky guy. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Chunky boy knows how to consume goodness. Knows gordo is another word for love. Tastes every morning like his last meal. Eats his last meal with swagger. Knows how to eat for one or two. Or three or sometimes four. Knows that when his plate is full of pupusas, he's eating with his ancestors. Buff dude, he takes some protein. That's easy. Give him some steak and eggs and he's built. But chunky boy, he knows how to consume goodness. Fill me with the sun. Let it sit in my stomach until I burst and all the best parts of me shine through. The days when Pozola was the savior. When Chile Verde ran through my veins and I swear I knew what God tasted like. Watch me bleed out the mole and my mother never learned how to make. So we went to restaurants, pretended the chefs were our grandmothers and this table was our home. Chunky Boy doesn't understand portions. But he knows that two rolls of sushi cannot be enough. My body's never been my temple. No sign of the cross, no washing your feet before entrance. Instead, it's only ever been a ghetto. Broken glass and boarded up windows for an entrance, but I never stopped loving it. Never stopped bringing out the broom and the dustpan to face the wreckage. There is honesty in loving something that's been broken before. A trial and error process that makes me wonder if this body is all I will ever know. And if it is, that's okay. (laughs) Chunky Boy knows his gut shows there's so much of him to be given. Chunky Boy tried to lose the weight. 
found himself on the scale more times than his bed, found his vomit on the floor, a trophy he never wanted to put on display. The weight never left. A reminder to keep more of yourself than you give away. So watch me expand to fit the room. Watch me eat. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was excellent. Let's get JoJo up here. JoJo, hey guys. welcome. Thank you. Tell us how you got involved. Do we need to adjust the mic a little bit? Good job, Marcus. I, I love that. that. That put a smile on my face the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> well, mission accomplished. <laughs> nice. Jojo, tell us about your journey. How did you get involved in, uh, in Get Lit? Um, so I got involved in Get Lit by, um, pretty much by word of mouth. I used to live in Rochester, New York, and um, I was on a poetry team over there. And once I... Uh, got to the Brave New Voices uh, competition, which is like the national youth competition that they have uh, annually, um, I heard about Get Lit and I knew that their team was really, really awesome. So um, after I graduated high school and I moved to Los Angeles, I was like, hmm, poetry, <laughs> I should keep doing this. Yes. And I auditioned to be a Get Lit player and it ended up being one of the best decisions I've ever made. Wonderful. All right. What Shout are you out gonna... upstate New York, though. Upstate. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. from Buffalo, and he goes to Syracuse. So. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yes. So what are you going to perform for us? Um, so I'm going to perform this poem called Elephant Poem. Um, and pretty much it's about my experience uh, uh, being, growing up in a suburban area and being one of the very few black families there. Um, and pretty, just, pretty much just my experience, my experience through that and the emotions that were evoked um, when it came to feeling like I took up too much space or um, I was too different. Okay. Okay. Fact. Weighing up to 6.6 .6 tons and measuring up to 10 feet tall, Loxodonta africana is the world's largest land mammal. It is characterized by its highly dexterous trunk, large curved tusks, and eye-grabbing features. I was once told that I shouldn't be afraid to take up space. I am now the elephant in the room. Oftentimes, my white tongue was confused for a protruding tusk. And in the seashell subtles of suburbia, all I ever wanted was to tread lightly. But elephants don't. I'm an elephant. White tongue, white tusk, black market sellout, bougie, they say jokingly. But as you might assume, there are parts of me that just don't fit. To be the elephant in the room is to be epic tails and broken backs, that limb-snapping thunder of the savannah, a breath of powder and wind through open ear holes waiting. To give that lioness her well-deserved pimp smack, rough up the desert like you could get your land cracked. To be the elephant in the room is to play Dumbo. Like, I ain't got no real thoughts. No, I play pretend. To act like these colossal extremities don't rub up against whisper. To act like these colossal extremities do not rub up against whisper while making believe that... Neighbor's gossip doesn't drip from my trunk at the waterhole while hearing all of these fabrications, manipulations, incantations while performing in the Caucasian circus. I heard that white magic be the darkest kind, have me in a state of endangerment. I heard they call it knowing how easily they can erase you and seeing how they already are. The memory of bloodstains that are red and veined faces that are blue. The elephant in the room is something like a Freddie Gray. A hushed, suffocated tone stuck between a rock and a dark face, a hard place, whispering to yourself it's not about race. To be too complicated, black. Complicated like my parents' mother country is the long-lost cousin of an earthquake. Complicated like compa and soup jumu, me having to prove that to you? News. The elephant in the room gives birth to all the stillborn smiles. Crescent spread lip over tusk. The same face is made at me when I walk off the sidewalk so that they don't have to while serving at the diner. I'm afraid I'm too big. They grab their purses, grab their children, snatch that tip money that is not yours. Ivory is expensive. To be the elephant in the room is to pluck and poach your novelty. Give them the parts of you that they covet, but never the whole, because that's probably too much. It's a burden to let such small things take and take, convince you that you're taking up too much space, but... Maybe I'll stop walking on all fours and start breaking floorboards, dispelling my reality in a voice that sounds like the boom snap clap of kingdoms, a Babylon times five, a, a trumpet and a thump firmly planted in the mind. To be the elephant in the room is to realize that this poem is far smaller than I am and that all this disrespect and disregard is such a funny way to treat something that can crush you. Wow. Thank you. That was real. Mm -hmm. That was... Spectacular. Wow. Great job, man. All right. Panel, <laughs> questions for our poets. 
Ooh, can you get a deep breath first? Yes, <laughs> yes. Maybe some snapping. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, de- I've definitely got a few questions, though. I think um, as it pertains to, and this is open to anyone who wants to answer it, but we get a lot of questions. People ask whether or not they should give something new a try, whether or not they should go for it, and yes. for fear of, of being embarrassed and doing poorly. What um, do you think allowed you guys to give slam poetry a try and, and to to give spoken word a try and be, let it become such an important part of your life? Uh, I'll adjust that real. Did I just grab it? Yeah, go for it. Move it around. I'm going to grab it because I do that. All right. <laughs> this is my space now. No. He's a poet. <laughs> no, um, so my favorite story to tell because we, you know, we coach a lot of kids who are like, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, the first open mic I ever went to, I was 13 years old. I went there, uh, I pulled on the mic too hard, and I destroyed their amplifier. So that was my first experience with slam poetry. Um, but I went back the next month, and I kept going back. And I think uh, as far as like poetry is concerned, poetry is one of the rare communities where everybody's like really loving, <laughs> just surprisingly loving a lot of the time. Um, and you know, you're out here writing about your feelings. You're writing about things that you know a lot of people feel but aren't necessarily super prone to talk about. Um, so of course you're going to have like a supportive you know net group. Um, so I guess as far as like dipping your feet into poetry, just knowing that there's a community who's willing to like accept you and willing to work with you constantly, uh, that's definitely what got me into like wanting to continue writing. So there's something about sort of like the vulnerability being equal. Yes. (laughs) That's just like complete inclusion because it's like, if I'm going to be raw, I I better treat you gently while you're raw. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, for for me getting into poetry, it was the the first time I performed something I had to for class um, and I threw up. So <laughs> no one, no one was born like this. You know, it, it takes practice for everyone. Um, but as soon as I started doing it, I was like, this is what I have to do. Not only am I am I obligated to do it, but I think like I will explode if I don't do this. Wow. Um, it's it's a passion that I think uh, like people don't discover until they try it. I think that that's something unique to something that involves public speaking. And if you do write poetry already or just like journal, which is probably poetry and you don't know, um, I really encourage you to to try spoken word just because something happens um, to you emotionally and to the poem from a literary sense when you wear it. Um, something happens every time you perform it. You know, we we have the rare opportunity as, as working professional poets to sometimes perform a poem 40, 50 times. Um, and every time you learn something new about yourself, about your audience, about the poem itself. Um, and so, like, please do it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And, I, and if, if I could comment on that, yeah, I also sure. think that, like, your poems become, like, this new narrative. Like, I've had Absolutely. I've had poems that, like, have changed and and transformed into something that I've been trying to say for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like there's something about that that is very um, introspective and helps you become a better version of you. So I feel like when it comes to poetry, y'all should definitely try it. (laughs) That's just just me saying it. Any questions about some of the specific work that we heard tonight? I mean... I don't have a question. I just think it was all like awesome, like seriously amazing. Sorry, this is like a weird angle. And I'm like, I was, I honestly was speechless. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say, but just like, great job on that. And I wish I could do what you guys do. You can. I think you can. can. Okay, okay, but like, <laughs> I'm not right now. So that's awesome that you guys are. I, I do have a question about the process. Um, I, I love writing, but but not in a very creative sense. Um, so I've I've never tried my hand at writing music or poetry or anything in that regard. What goes into the process of taking a thought, like a conversation with your family, and making it into a performance? I know that's a very broad no, question, I mean, but there's a um, lot that goes on, I assume. Nice. <laughs> as far as conversations are concerned, a lot of times the first lines of my poems aren't like, the end part of the conversation (laughs) so I had a conversation with a family member one time and the last thing he said was so Marcus I heard you want to be a man and that yeah and that's the poem poem. (laughs) (laughs) so a lot of times it's just like taking (laughs) you kind of want to be careful talking to poets (laughs) (laughs) because a lot of lines that they'll write are things that like they've discussed with other people Um, and then you just build you just You have one starting line, and then you just continue to build. 
and it, it's fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> and do you know where the poem is going when you start it? Or oh, does no. It, okay, it just takes you. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you, you never on know. <laughs> on, on whether or not I know where the poem's going. No. <laughs> um, no, I think that, that you know, when, when you start with something, everyone's inspired by something different. Um, I'm often inspired by conversations just because I'm inspired by people. Um, but, but inspiration for me kind of starts, I've always talked about it as like you're a sculptor, right? And your conversation is just this huge chunk of marble that you have. And it's kind of carving out what's already there, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I know that that is also like a lofty metaphor, but, but it's, it's really about just what moves you. Um, metaphor, yeah. key term. Yeah. <laughs> I want to specifically ask you about the metaphors because the the imagery and the metaphors are they're they're thick, and um, I wanted to know if like once you once you decide to embrace a metaphor like like elephant, do you find yourself surprised by what else you can pull out of yes. that metaphor? Oh yeah. yeah. You guys got to talk to these two about that. <laughs> I mean, for me, chunky. I love facts, so that's why I started off with a fact in that poem, and hmm. I feel like. Um, there are so many connections we can make um, between our own experiences and the items and organisms around us that we don't normally see. So it's just a matter of like, it's just a matter of taking the time to look at things in a different way. And like Hannah said, like taking taking something that you don't see and really like like carving out something new, carving out what you feel it could be or what it's what it wants you to be. And when yeah. you find all these connections and all these similes, uh, do you look at the world differently? Oh my gosh. I, okay, I, poetry is given to us all the time. It's just about seeing it. Like my friend the other day, she was like, my dad got me a silent violin as my graduation present. And I was like, your life is a poem. Wow. Like it's all around <laughs> us all the time. And it's just kind of about like, it's, it's the way that we experience the world is so dense and it's so overwhelming. And it's just about unspooling things. And that's exactly what it feels like when you find a metaphor like that. It's like you just keep pulling at it and pulling at it and going deeper into yourself and into what you can do literarily with it. Um, and it's, it's so joyful. Like, I will sit on my couch writing and just, like, scream when I think of something. <laughs> Not a joke. I've definitely been there yeah. when that's happened. <laughs> All right. Well, since you guys are so full of wisdom, do you want to help us help other kids yeah. and other people? Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Jilly, would you read question that you selected as question number one? Because we these were... We had to prioritize a bit. Yeah, just we did based on format. like you guys and your in some of the work that you were going to be performing yes. tonight. We prioritized. All right. Um, this question is: um, I think I'm actually ugly. I'm overweight. I have acne and bad teeth. I see pictures of myself and I want to throw up. My friends say I look cute, but I really don't. I've seen overweight people with acne and bad teeth looking beautiful, but why can't I? Um. So take a breath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. You know, I think. Um, I think for me, I've heard a lot of people say, learn to love your imperfections. And I've never been able to do that, but I have been able to focus on other things. And so for me personally, uh, I think everyone, you know, uh, has something that they're insecure about, if not many things they're insecure about. Being able to focus on the things you are confident in, confident in uh, will allow you to take some of your focus off that. But if someone has experience with actually learning to love their flaws, they could probably be a little bit more helpful than me. I mean, I think one of the things you have to try and do as much as like it's hard is like you kind of have to try and change the way you think about yourself because I think a lot of the time like you are who you say you are and if you think negatively about yourself you start to believe it and if you you know try and just accept who you are and love yourself and even if at in the beginning like you are like this is really stupid and I don't believe myself but if you really just try and be like no I, I do look beautiful and like you try and you know really kind of give yourself affirmations like I think that it does kind of change the way you think about yourself in the long run like I think a lot of the time especially girls and guys are really hard on, on themselves but I also think like you're way harder on yourself than you are on other people. And that's evident, like, in this question, too. You know, like, I think you notice every little thing about yourself and other people are like, wait, what? Like, I'll be like, oh, my God, do you see, like, this huge pimple on my face? And people be like, what are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't even see anything until you said something. So I think, like, mm -hmm. it's it's also about also understanding, like, everybody has stuff that they don't like about themselves, like you said, and and you just can't be that hard on yourself. Yeah, I think so much of it, too, is that, you know, you're going through an awkward age and there's just really... You know, we have to like sort of give credit to that, that you are passing through an awkward period and you're not how you're going to look for like 
You're going to spend most of your adult life looking pretty much the same. I mean, the hairstyles and the clothing will change, but you're not at that point yet. Like, and so I don't know what God's cruelty with acne and in in the middle of the most insecure years of your life that like how like is is that funny to god i mean i i don't even like that's just please like what are you what i guess you're toughening us up you know for the road you know like all right you're gonna have to you need some armor and like work on that personality because you may not always be cute it's like happy feet you know when he's born he's awkward but cute then he starts to he starts to lose his baby feathers, right? Yeah, and, and, he's, and he's halfway between an adult penguin and a baby penguin, uh-huh. and he just looks weird, and he tap dances and can't sing, and no one likes him. But then he comes out at this beautiful, beautiful, you know, uh, was well, still penguin, but but tap dancing yeah. penguin. Yeah, we can't unpenguin you. We're sorry, <laughs> but like, but yeah, and and really for the. For you to know that, like, y- who you are is not how you look, and and that's a tough thing in in our society because everyone we're so focused on what people look like, but that's never. I think that's the big challenge of life is like, how do you push past all the things that seem like they matter but yeah. actually don't? And it's like that's this what, little bit, like this much. How of, did like, we get started on that? And that's what I kind of like love long, so much about about poetry, the kind of poetry that you guys perform is like you you know the the task is go deep right now, like yeah. forget everything superficial, let's go there. And it, it, that's an, an immediate dive into things that matter. And that's incredible, like, that you found the pathway. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, um, I think it's hard because we all, we all seek out external validation, of course, um, and that's a really difficult part of life. But it's also easier um, to dismiss external validation. You can say, they're just grumpy, they just hate me, they're, she's just a jerk, whatever. Um, but when you're talking about like true self-love, that's a really th- hard thing to do. And I think it's just about learning self-compassion. And like you guys were saying, from a certain to a certain extent, it's a cultural thing that uh, we are encouraged to not be compassionate towards ourselves. We are encouraged to not treat ourselves the way that we would treat our best friends, but you are your best friend. You're, you're the only one that you have. Um, and, and so I think that it's almost just about manifestation of that compassion. You know, if, if you, yeah, it's just, just be compassionate. You know, you're never, you're never going to look at your acne and not see it. Um, but it's about treating it with the type of forgiveness that you would treat your best friend's acne or your mom's acne or someone who you care deeply about. And it's just learning to care deeply My best friend's acne is the bomb. It's so good. Um, I believe you. I'm so jealous. Listen to the conviction. Like, she is the best acne. I'm sorry. I'm just so jealous. But uh, Josh, would you read the question that begins with my girlfriend? You always give me these kind of questions. I know. Okay, I like so to give the boys girl questions. So. Oh, no. This is a boy question. Yeah, okay, good. Wait, what? Number two is the my fir- girlfriend. Yeah, my, okay. My girlfriend cheated on me six months ago, so there is a lot of trust that needs to be built back. She has two hundred plus guys on her Instagram and Facebook. I asked her to clean it up, and she basically left all of them to follow her. Still, she even admitted she had been talking to a guy that she liked, and she still follows him. I'm sick of worrying and don't enjoy seeing comments on all of her pictures from random guys. Am I out of line, or is she just now, break up I, with her? First of all, I, I read the question, so I get the, the right away. Um, (laughs) so you're not out of line for how you're feeling because feelings are natural, but at the same time, both of you are just not meant for each other. Like Tara was saying, um, right now at the end of the day, the cheating on you is not something that it, it can be worked through and it takes a specific kind of, um, forgiveness to be able to do that. And right now what you're talking about trust needs to be built back i don't agree with that because at the end of the day there is no such thing as like trust needs to be built back right there that automatically sets you like you're the victim she needs to give you something it just sets up an inequality in the relationship that now she and you both know that she owes you something so at the end of the day it's not going to work out if you have that mentality um, in my opinion, you need to either just let it go or fully forgive her right now. <laughs> wow. um, no, I know what he's going to say because he had an issue, but it was fine. No, no, no. He's I, it already. Look I, at this. What? It's just this whole. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, th- I think that there's a, there's a certain truth to what you said. I think that applies. At least for me, th- having this knowledge of the situation, I really, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff that's bothering you uh, that, that to me is, is less important and less indicative than the fact that she's talking to a guy who she likes and you guys are still together and she hasn't made an effort to change something that you obviously aren't comfortable with. I I don't see it as an inequality. I think a relationship is a fluid thing 
and it's important for both sides to make each other feel comfortable. The expectation is that that's going to happen, and she hasn't been doing that. Now, whether you're a victim or not, that it's up to you to just – that doesn't matter to me. What you have to decide is you said you're sick of it. So obviously she's not trying to change. And you're sick of it. Whether or not you, you're meant for each other or whether or not there's trust that needs to be built back up, to me that sounds like you want out of a relationship because the only thing that can be fixed, she's not willing to fix. That's where I see the situation. I don't think you're out of line. Actually, I think she is out of line to be in a relationship and telling her boyfriend that she's into another person and talking to them. That's out of line, if you ask me. But everyone has different standards, it's honesty. I guess. <laughs> it's honesty, but it's out of line to be doing it. Her honesty is not out of line. Her, her actions are out of line. I, I think communication is like a big part of it. Um, one thing I've learned through poetry is that a lot of the work of poetry happens after the actual poem is done. It happens when we have a dialogue about something, about the topic, about the issue, and we're able to actually communicate our ideas and experiences and try and justify why we feel a certain way about a certain thing. So I feel like in that situation, sitting down and talking to the person, I feel, is the best way to go about things. I just want right. to comment on the idea about building back trust. I feel like I feel like trust needs to be built back on both ends just because... I mean, I'm not, I, I definitely am not a fan of the idea of like him saying, you need to delete all of these guys. Right. That That's... That's a lot. <laughs> that that's yeah. That that's insecurity, and um, insecurity doesn't work very well in a relationship for the person that is insecure and for the person that's like dating the other person. Um, and so I think a big part of it is just this idea that trust needs to be built back on both ends. And if you want to continue the relationship, they got to start on a clean slate. Um, which is super hard to do. I very much understand that. Borderline impossible to wipe. Because you, know, you have memories. Impo- That's, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you can just forget it. But I, in a perfect world, yeah. I think I both of the actions by both parties are immature. And you guys need yeah. to learn from that. And obviously, like Josh was saying, you're not meant to be together. And I just... <laughs> I think, like, even asking if you're in line or out of line, like, you're just acting immature. Well, I, I just, I just, to the, to the you're not meant to be together thing, I just, I, maybe you aren't, maybe you are. The point I'm making is I think that this is three sentences. I don't want to make any th- total, you know, grand judgments about your relationship, but from these three sentences, <laughs> at least right now, it doesn't seem to be a great choice to stay together. But to say, you know what I'm saying? Like, because say, how are you in a relationship if you don't trust someone at all? You right. Can't this no, build but it, it. Like, yes. it just you can't build it. But I think you can Go build in. You can, yeah. you can't build it when it's broken. Like it's just completely broken, and you're you're already just saying, well, I don't like so this, I think, and I don't like that, and I don't like this, and I don't like that. So just end it. Right. No, I agree with you. That's the smart choice. But what I'm yeah. saying is, I think that's not because the trust is broken. It's because one side doesn't want to put in the effort. It's both trust. sides kind of don't want to build in the other because he's not trusting that person. He's not even trying to like understand the girl. The girl's not trying to understand him. It's just like both parties. I have very low like tolerance not. for cheating, so I don't know what there is to understand. If she's like involved with other people, there's nothing to understand. Also, how old are y'all? Like, oh yeah, we we, we no, have that a lot. We don't yeah, really always know. So I'm like, how old do you think we are? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> people. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. Like, there's like a big world out there. It's totally fine. Like, yeah. So I mean, well, if they don't say their age, I usually just say. Sometimes they say assume they're twelve. Based on what they're saying. I want to say, can we then, bring that up to at but least in this like case, I'm 13, saying, I'm 14 say, now? Assume they're 16. Because I can basically read a question yeah. and guess the age they're of the, 16, of the people. No, so like, Around but, that age, because they but that before, six months ago. Let me just say this before we move on. I, I do agree that both sides, there's there's maybe like there's room to share the, the blame here. But like it feels like possibly he was like controlling in the first place. Yes. You know, wanting <laughs> yes, to know ma'am. exactly who she's following or who's exactly. following her or whatever. And yeah. so like within a relationship... Like it, within the maybe first two or three weeks, I think you guys can establish like what's going to feel okay. And a lot like, you know, towards what Ryan was saying is like, you know, you have to manage expectations. Like once you're dating someone, certain things do change. Like you don't like say you're so cute to every guy on Instagram, like once you're in a relationship, right? So, unless y'all are down with that and there's but communication I, I don't, about like, that. Yes. Seriously, Hannah, who is honestly Not me? <laughs> you, you're okay with, you're okay with dating someone who's going to be like flirting with other people online. Honestly? Yeah. I'm actually in an open relationship. Okay. Oh, but but see, that's the difference. Here though. Learn- it's called an open relationship. They're in like a yeah, no, and I, and non-open I relationship. Like She's saying communicate so. that though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's the communication. The communication. Yeah. Honesty, if you're trust, chill with only, an open. And really, my only comment about about like the blank slate and about all of that is uh, the blank slate and about all of that is that you're not entitled to anything in a relationship. Like you're not you're not entitled to go through her Instagram messages, which you clearly are because you know who she's messaging and how much mm-hmm. she's messaging them. Um, and you're not entitled to go through her followers. And you're you know, you're also not entitled 
to, I don't know. Uh, to you, tell her you, what to do not, in your yeah. life. He you is, decide yourself and he, you have to be with somebody who is accepting of what you're deciding. So, so talk to, to me, each other. To me, what's going on here is he is um, micromanaging her life. And she's reacting by pushing all his buttons. I just this, so this that, is that's toxic. A, that's a huge leap of faith to that's make. That's what I think is that happening. he's a micromanager of her life. I'm, I mean, to, I, I just, just answered. I'm it. Just he knows two hundred. He know he recognizes. Hear me out. He knows the I'm not saying that this is again like remember we had the, we had the question last week. Like, don't get in this guy's car. And I'm not saying he is safe. I'm not saying he's not micromanaging her in this case. All I'm saying is. All we can say for sure is that he's aware of her Instagram followers. And the conversation may have gone something like, you need to delete all of them. I looked through all of them. Or it may have gone something like, hey, you know, I, it would make me a lot com- more comfortable if you went, if you, you know, got rid of some of these guys. And she said, yeah, take a look. Yeah, I'm not saying that's how it went. I'm just saying we have it to didn't go that give way, them right. the respect that we don't know how it went. I'm <laughs> but just now right. That, but what I, what I that she think cheated. is happening is that they're both really trying to enrage the other person because that's how they measure that love. That still doesn't give her the right to cheat on him, though. Cause of course too. not. As soon as, not. As, soon as soon as she cheated on him, no, that, but that... But if they, if they weren't sort of, like, engaged in this battle and getting something out of it, he would have walked away the moment she cheated on him because that would have been a deal-breaker for him. Well, no, but I think that... I think when someone cheats on you, it's not so simple as you go, all right, peace out. Yeah, like, you're never going to get Relationships trust are complex. If you really care about someone, I mean, they, they could do a lot of things before you realistically and, walked away. But oh, if you yeah. don't have, oh, if yeah. trust is lost and trust is never regained, then what are you doing still together? This is scorched earth. Yeah. It's not healthy. Oh, it's not smart. No, that yeah. I think that's the consensus for sure. <laughs> Ryan, that, read that, the next question, please. All right. Um, I'm a white girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you're so pretty. <laughs> um, I'm a white girl with a black boyfriend, but the problem is my dad is racist. He claims he's not but he always makes racist remarks i'm under 18 so i feel like i have to break up with my boyfriend even though i love him he wants to meet my dad and i keep making excuses what should i do you got to tell your boyfriend at first that's what you got to do in my opinion you at least be clear with what the situation is don't make excuses don't lie from there on out i don't have the best advice i don't have much experience but i definitely think being clear with the situation at least is is the best way to go yeah tell your boyfriend and tell your dad like yo i'm yeah. dating a black guy like is, is that okay with you like Make sure he's not gonna like. Uh, he's not, not gonna be okay with him. Well, he says so. he's not a racist. He, he says he's not. He's claiming he claims he's not. not. So he might say it's okay. He just be like, oh yeah, to if you love the guy image. and he loves you and treats you but well, then I don't know if I would do comment. that. <laughs> I don't know. Really, like, that, that's really tricky. Like I don't know like, if I would. I'm not a big fan of secret boyfriends, but when when parents <laughs> when parents say racist things, like sometimes they're on a need to know basis. As long as you you know you're using good judgment, he's a great guy. Because it's like if you say to him, if you say to your dad, "Hey, I'm dating this guy," and he says, "You're I refuse I refuse to let you see him again," then so it's like be really careful. But like to be dating somebody of a different race, creed, or color, or what have you, and not expect Facts. that he, that he yeah. expects that there could be problems parentally on either side. Like that's just like a lot of black uh, families don't want their kids dating any white people. So it's like it goes both ways. So. It won't surprise him. Situation though, just because huh? of larger structures of power. No, I know for sure. But, but within like, a family it dynamic, the, it's the it same. It won't surprise your boyfriend to hear that my dad might not be down with this, like that. So don't make excuses. Don't lie. Just be on, like, I, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, you guys, what do you think? Um. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I understand gender and race are very different. <laughs> um, but I was dating somebody for a while and closer to the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was dating somebody for a while and uh her stepdad was a little bit homophobic and so at first um you know, she was just honest with him. She was like, "Hey, I'm dating this guy. He's transgender like be aware of that, you know, and it, I was super lucky in the fact that like it went positively. He, you know, gave, referred to me by my new name, gave me all the right pronouns. Um, so that's like a positive thing that happens with communication, but again, very different circumstances. And are you over 18? Yeah. Well, when this like, happened, I was uh, seven. No, I was sixteen. Oh, okay. So yeah, because yeah, I mean, there's just more freedom in yeah. making your own choices yeah. when I, you're not living under the same roof as your parents. Like, any other thoughts here? No, I was gonna say it's kind of like when we talk about when um, like coming out or being gay, and like there's that moment of like, is it gonna be okay? Is it not gonna be okay? And you just have to be careful when you're under eighteen and you're still living under your parents roof because you don't want to get into a situation where you can't be with somebody that you love and like that is not okay you also want to make sure of your own safety oh, i mean nice. exactly yeah you know you don't exactly. want to get kicked out because of this you that's don't exactly get, what i mean yeah. you don't want to yeah. go through abuse or anything like that right. yeah be wary I, of that i personally had an experience that was that was very similar to this okay um 
And uh, actually, the girl did not let me come over to her house uh, for fear that something would happen between like me and her father because she said that her dad was racist. Um, and pretty much we kept our relationship outside of their house. Um, but I think that a big part of that whole situation comes down to like how you're talking to your parent about the person that you're dating um, and trying to explain to them that you're b- both your affection for the person and who this person is. And um, yeah. like, like Marcus said, it's important not to have yourself in an uncomfortable situation where you feel like you're going to get kicked out or you feel like you're choosing one person over your own family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're under 18, it's important to like respect your parents still because you want to have a bed to go to at night <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. And I do feel like long term, like as you grow past 18 and beyond, like children start teaching their parents. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you have parents who are homophobic or racist or whatever, and like you, and you, you fall in love and you bring someone into the family, they, they mm-hmm. will start to see, most likely they will start to see someone differently through your eyes and you know we're all evolving we're here to grow and learn from one another yeah that was actually what i was gonna what i was gonna say was that it can be an opportunity for you to gently um educate your family about the situation because i think that it's 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 an obligation of you as a white person to kind of step into these conversations and provide a different perspective um and so you know good Mm -hmm. opportunity um (laughs) something again slightly related but but this is uh not about race but i have a coworker who was telling me a story uh two days ago and uh he was visiting his uh, partner's mother in Wyoming in a very small town that's very conservative. Uh, and they were going out to a rodeo. And this is the first time he had been up in that area. And his mother was like trying to say, like, you know, like when we go out, like people aren't going to like the fact that you guys are a couple. Like, how should I refer to you guys? Like, I don't have a problem with it, but there are people who aren't going to like it. They got out there. They just described themselves as, fr- as friends, but people caught on. And then uh, this guy's a comedian and he ended up just kind of doing like a one man stand up show at this rodeo. It just kind of ended up going that way. And people call him all the time and ask like they're like and ask when he's coming back. And this is his his, and the people's wives have like told him like my husband was so homophobic before he met you. And then he put a person to it to an idea and changed his mind entirely. So I think, you know, that's an optimistic perspective that that could happen with your family. But potentially all they need is, is a person. A real person to put to a concept. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's what that, that's think. what you're saying about saying you know what. Be mindful of how you're speaking about people. Yeah, because oftentimes when people have pre- uh, a prejudice, they don't put like an actual person yeah. to to the idea. You know what I mean? Exactly. They have they have a preconceived notion about uh, the stereotypes that right. are placed placed on this kind of person. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think people yeah. that live in in bigger cities have um, the opportunity and the privilege of getting to know all, all different types of people and people who live in smaller towns like they they're not really presented with those opportunities and people who grew up in those small towns and who are a little bit different they leave so that they can find a, you know a new family and make their own family and so as a result small towns have stayed kind of backwards if you will in, in terms of their thinking and so you know we're here shows like this and poetry like what you guys do is we're you know we're just here to teach each other and so i think it's good to be patient but also in the case of this specific relationship safety first and so as you guys were saying like let's get let's get you past 18 and let's keep everybody safe and then we'll take it from there uh tara would you read the next question i think it's at the bottom of the last page no we we switched up the order a little bit yeah so i'm a 17 year old girl (laughs) Stop. Totally believable. You have to get into character for that one. I I do. And I can totally look like a 17-year-old girl right now. I'm wearing Brandy Melville. Every 17-year-old girl wears. Anyways, I'm a 17-year-old girl. This guy told me that my flaw is that I'm too innocent because I've never had a boyfriend or kissed a guy. I stress that guys in college won't like me for the same reason. How can I get over this? Oh, honey, they are going to love you for that reason. (laughs) Find me a college guy who who cares whether or not you've ever been kissed. No, okay, no, but like, can I tell you, but like some guys love the innocence and like that is just like a thing because they don't want a hoe. They want this innocent girl that they can do whatever they want But also it doesn't matter. Excuse me? Well, Well, no, but they don't get 
get to unless yeah. both no okay no, but more importantly it doesn't matter well, okay, but you yes, should like, the, yeah you don't want a guy who wants you for like as, no, a, as a college guy can i after you yeah but I, i'm just a little concerned with that no i know me out a little bit no no what i am answering is the fact that she's like how no stop oh my god i'm answering it in the sense of you don't think guys are gonna like you for that reason like what should you do should you change anything don't change a thing people will like you for you especially if like that's one of them that's just all i'm saying don't go for those types of guys but they are going to be interested in you does that help you jilly a bit what ryan so, college boy. i'm just saying I, I identify as a college guy um so i think that i am fit to answer this question at least partially okay are you going to be um, attracted to this little lovely so it woman? doesn't i don't know her um so i don't know but the, the, not going to be attracted answer, to her because yeah exactly. so the, the point is though um i think that there's a few different things we're addressing here you you don't think guys will like you because you don't have any sexual experience but those two things don't generally have to go hand in hand uh, i think that if there's a reason if you're not interested in doing that if you just haven't felt like you're comfortable with the right person yet you can definitely find guys who are going to want to go slow if that's the reason you want or haven't done anything yet and if the reason is just because you haven't had the opportunity i think that as far as guys in college are concerned the the truth of it is a lot of them are just trying to get laid if you're cool with that which is what Tara was saying was the situ like a potential situation. Hey, hey, then I did not say that exactly. Then, then it's not a big deal. Like if you're cool with it, they're cool with it. If most think, people aren't that I upset about it. Most girls are 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 looking for love. I, I'm just saying if I said so it. I do want to. Well, you know, I, I, I think you'd be surprised. Ruzi. I don't know if most, but a lot of girls are looking. I'll let him. I think you'd be surprised. After I make this point, I will throw to him <laughs> who's in an open relationship, um, and because because I am very interested in how everybody feels safe and secure within that because I'm. Uh, with like, commitment and love. With commitment Whoa. and love. Okay. But what I want to say before poet. I throw to her is that I really feel like there's a lot of girl shaming regarding girls that have gone too far or it's girls so that true. haven't gone far enough. And I don't think guys care anywhere near as much as girls seem to about yeah. that sort of thing. The only thing a guy would Sorry. care about All right, about is no. Just... My my point was very similar right. to yours, which okay. is which is woman to woman. Is this where I'm looking? Is this where you're where you're living? <laughs> make this oh. point. Oh. You can't win. <laughs> what? So true. Yeah. They they will hate you for having too much sex. They will hate you for not having enough no, sex. Absolutely. They will, no. There will no, be you, there will be guys. No, girls, there girls. will be there oh, will be guys. guys. There will oh. be guys. There will be people. There will be people who hate you yes. for whatever your sexual choices are. Yeah. There will be people who hate you for whatever your athletic choices are. Okay, like yeah, anything fair. in this it's, world. Yeah, people hate you. You, can, you cannot win. Particularly with this subject, I have poems about it. Wow, um, okay. <laughs> She's got poems. I've got, got poems on poems. I, I want to be like totally like... This. Oh, yeah, be, no, I, I just want to be like totally candid about yeah, like, totally let's take candid. a look in the mind of a college guy. If if he got laid, it was a good night. Like I'm just being honest. If if you're worried that a, that you're not gonna have enough experience to like to make a guy happy, like I I I'm not gonna but speak for every You're not in college, college to get a guy laid. No, like, no, no. If that's what you're into, because you know, she's no, saying no, I'm no, worried no. that guys won't like me as friends. That, like no, guys I think she like no. Like she's talking about relationships. No, I don't yeah, think she's like worried about. Doesn't necessarily a, mean getting laid. Well, like, well, then there's no problem because if it's not about getting laid, then your experience. In having sex, no, but there's matter. a lot of insecurities with girls who, because uh, you get to a certain point, I think girls worry that, like, if you haven't ever kissed a guy, but when you, like, to a certain point and you don't have enough, like, experience, that it, you get put into, like, a box of, like, that's kind of weird. I wonder why. Right. No, I mean, I, it is valid, but that. it's a valid question, right? Why? What? I'm curious why, but that doesn't mean it's not a good reason. Exactly. You're curious why. It's reasonable. <laughs> I just point. Exactly. I, You're I, curious why. But there's nothing wrong with that, is there? You can. It's not going to affect my. I haven't met the right guy yet. I haven't felt ready. I'm not, that's a great answer. Yeah, Tara. Yeah, I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah. judging. Katie Michael is on the Instagram. Give it up for Katie Michael on the Instagram. She's literally sitting on the floor. Hashtag 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 sitting on the floor. Hashtag. All right, Tara. Just to try and wrap it up just a bit, like as cliche as it sounds, like you can worry all you want, but you just have to like understand that everything is going to be good you will find that person it just may not be right now so the fact that you're getting worried oh am i going to am i going to we all think like that i was just thinking about that last week and i'm like i'm 21 and i've only been single for two months and i'm already thinking am i gonna find someone to love me for the rest of my life like no tara snap out of it you're going to it's just not gonna happen right now chill out like <laughs> that's what you but i'm serious like i literally tell myself that every day like don't be a girl like that stereotype girl thing not being like 
Mm. Hatred. Yeah. But no, like stop. Like train your brain to be differently, to be happy with who you are. Yes. As a college guy. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as another college guy. As another college here. guy. No. Um, this is on the same topic, obviously, but uh, this idea that you're going to get to college and college is going to be one of the most stressful things you've ever done. And you're kind of going to forget about that. Um, I'm not saying that I'm not like knocking your insecurity. Um but it, you're really gonna <laughs> your stress is gonna be with your classes your stress is gonna be with your friends more so than like with guys so if, I, I don't hope know. it could be it could it be, could be. It'll it could at least be, be one more but, thing to worry about exactly but what I'm saying is I think I think everybody goes into college being anxious um so I don't want to say like don't be anxious about that because like that's a terrible statement to make mm. but true. you know like <laughs> don't even yeah, like don't worry about it. It's going back to what Hannah said, there are people who are going to love you for what you do. There are people who are going to hate you for what you do. You're going to find the person. You can't please them all. That's you can't please them all. Right? At the yeah. end of the day, you just want someone, someone to like respect you and not fetishize you for your innocence. Yeah, thank you. Yes, you know Jojo. what I mean? Agreed. Just yes, do you, homegirl. Like, be yourself. Yeah, because yes. what, yourself. you know, like kind of what I'm reading into this is like everyone's sort of like jumping immediately to sex, and I'm just saying like when when you have sex is up to you and nobody's going to judge you because most of the people that you know in life will never ever see you naked and those are all really valid relationships that you will have so just kind of move forward like when you decide to be intimate with somebody that's up to you and someone and that person if it's ryan can ask you can you tell me why and you'll tell him but like you'll you will have all kinds of really quality relationships with people who won't ever ask you whether or not you're a virgin it's like it's a personal thing exactly okay and and like marcus said you're not you're not at all obligated to answer someone asks you but my but my final statement about it is that you have intrinsic value completely outside of what your sexual choices are yeah yeah snap 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 Yes. <laughs> and that. that's what matters and that's what will matter in your relationship let's go but i can remember being this age and because i was 17 when i went to college and i just remember this girl was just like harassing me about whether or not i was a virgin and then she started running up and down the hallway of the door yelling that i was a virgin and it's like that's I, weird I, and i remember thinking yeah so this that's is gonna just be a weird. deal here this is gonna be a deal here and then it turned out to be not a deal at all so but first yeah, day of college is terrifying i just so. i just want to go back to the start of my freshman year and have some girl go running up and down the hallway just yelling that some other girl is a virgin just to have that experience because what what even was happening? Right? Like, like, who, like, you don't know anyone. That You're making a, a name for yourself as like the virgin exposer. Like, that's all right. We have, we have time for one more question. Not the virgin exposer. What? Oh, we have a two-person poem that we're going to close with. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. yeah screw you, Sean. Oh, well, damn. Are you guys ready to I do this? We were friends. Yeah, we're always ready. All right, let's oh, do this. Let's do the poetry Everyone's against you. Get into the poetry corner. Business first. Oh, no, it's okay, Ryan. I hate you too. Damn. I didn't even say screw. No, I did say screw you, but I didn't say any more than that. Right, move over, Jilly. How is that not her? It was just what Wheezy was effectively saying. I was. Yeah. Making it clear. Can we get she this goes, dog goes, off? Yeah. Of just plenty. I know. I'm going. All right. I'm just going to zoom, zoom, zoom. All right. Who wants to tell us a little bit about this piece? All right. Uh, this is my favorite one to do, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, so we were actually commissioned to, to do this piece for uh, Matthew McConaughey's uh, JKL organization, Just, Just Keep, Keep Living. Just wow. Keep Living, which is yeah. like a very Matthew McConaughey statement. <laughs> yeah. For sure, like with a little right bongo right riff right. at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so what they do at their organization is every month they have a theme, and the theme for our month that we were commissioned for was gratitude. Um, and so we tried to think a little bit outside the box in regards to gratitude, because every single person goes, oh, I'm grateful for my family. Family, <laughs> for food. It's like okay, but like there's so much. <laughs> like specifically cheeseburgers, right? That's yeah. What yeah, it's about specifics. That's that's poetry. Specific sensory detail. You got it. Oh wow! Oh, we're getting a poetry class. I love this. All right, you guys, take Sorry. it. Take the floor. Fact: There are more cells in your body than there are stars in the galaxy. Seriously? So I'm like a walking universe who didn't want to get out of bed today. Is this what being God is? You're telling me all these worlds within me are completely unsupervised. I am God. You are God. What are we supposed to do here? This is really overwhelming. We are all made up of the things that awe us. We always have been. In fact, there are enough blood vessels in your body to wrap around the earth two and a half times. We're all inhabiting a giant rubber band ball made of everyone's innards. All of our insides are all tangled up together like old headphones in a kitchen drawer. So if you're wrapped around your bathroom floor, 
floor or your bedroom ceiling. Or the loss and loss and loss. Remember, you can stretch as far as you need to. You are larger than you, you will, will ever know. know. Fact. Most of the dust you inhale at the train station is made up of other people's dead skin cells. So, so take, take a, a deep, deep breath, breath and smile at a stranger because there are little piles of everyone you meet collecting in your lungs. Lining your entrails with a scaly mural of interconnectivity. So when your skin feels too tight, relax. The, the morning will be the birth of who you want, want to be. Fact. There is enough iron in your body to make a metal nail three inches long. And that might not be a sword. But it can puncture paper-thin lungs of a bad grade. Pierce the heart of an overpriced frozen hot pocket. pocket. Pry open the ribs of the days when getting out of bed is your biggest accomplishment. Or the days when you are too scared to speak. Fact. Your jaw is the strongest muscle in your body. Use it to carve a path for your thoughts to the iron shell of your body. The only thing you are given is you. So let's sing to ourselves. To our gunky entrails. To our skin flake smiles. Our Velcro voices ripping from the planes of our chests. And be thankful for our gnashing jaws grinding down at the hard tendon of a bad day. A miracle of the flesh. Through all the messy rules of this universe. Through every ancestor they tried to kill. Through eons of this fickle planet, you you get get to be you. So to whatever strange god we live in, thank you. Yeah, I was so joyful watching you perform that. I I absolutely adored it. Thank you so much. Get lit, and we will see you next week on Journals Out Loud. Stay lit, everybody. Stay lit, everybody.